Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150, or perhaps you're listening to Blog Talk Radio, or perhaps you're listening to a podcast on iTunes. In any case, welcome. Uh, Doing something new today, which I'm very excited about. I have Lori Marie in the booth with me today, and she reached out to me um, about her dog, Buddy, who uh, she's had for a little over, just over a month now. And we're basically going to do a private lesson, which is what I do full time outside of the show. I go to people's homes and I do in-home private lessons for dogs, dog training and behavior. And we're going to do a lesson on the show for you to hear and hopefully benefit from if you have some similar questions as Lori, Lori Marie does about Buddy. Before we get started, though, just a couple of announcements. It's that time of year again. Eric, can you guess what I mean when I say it's it's about that time of year again? Are we me? talking... Uh... Dog. <laughs> it is dog related. I know we're talking dog related. Um, I'm, I'll get Seattle it just Kennel Club Dog Show. Thank you. Yep. I, I was going to say, is it the dog show time? But we're doing the dog well, show, and I didn't want to confuse people. The different so, kinds. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is uh, March coming up here in the beginning of March. It is March, I believe, eighth that weekend. Yes, eighth and ninth. Saturday and Sunday at CenturyLink Field Event Center, um, all day, both days. Such a fun event. We've gone every year as a show since we've been on the air. So this will be our fifth year there. And um, it's a really fun event for dog lovers of, of all kinds. There's so much going on, so many demonstrations and vendor booths and Meet the breeds and funny things like the dog dancing and nose work demonstrations and the Seattle Police Department and in addition to the confirmation showing where you see the dogs trotting around the rings. So And it's inside too, right? It is inside, yes. <laughs> I think that's important this time of year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So CenturyLink Field Event Center, um, Saturday and Sunday, March 8th and 9th this year. Um, check it out. You can find... More information, seattlekennelclub.org, about that show. And uh, so I'll be announcing that every show and talking about that. So fun. We'll be excited to be there again. And then also the Natural Pet Pantry, which uh, is one of our show partners. They make, uh, they're local. They're made in South Seattle. uh, Raw and cooked food for dogs and cats. And... Excellent, excellent food. It's my number one recommendation for people, has been for years, um, even before the show. And uh, they've been partners with the dog show since since our beginning, pretty much. And they have a new store that they are opening in Kirkland in Houghton Plaza, which is where the PCC is. Um, I'm going to have Randy on, one of the owners, Randy and her husband, Rolf, for the owners of the Natural Pet Pantry. And I'll have them on closer to the, the opening of the, of the store. So that's two locations where people can go directly yes. to the Natural right. Pet Pantry. But- and this one, so they have a storefront in Burien mm-hmm. and have for years um, where they have all of their food available. And then this new location in Kirkland is going to be, you know, going to have their product, going to have... Some select products for health, mostly. Um, Very, very carefully selected for quality. And also a lot of local practitioners um, 
potentially working out of the area as well, offering seminars, you know, acupressure, acupuncture. Um, I'll be doing some talks there for training and behavior. I think Dr. Donna Kelleher, who I've had on the show, will will be there as well. And they're just, it's a really going to be a really wonderful resource for the community, for people who are looking for um, support for their dog's health um, that's more complementary or holistic. So um, excellent. I really look forward. This is just brand new. First week we've announced it, and uh, it's really just continuing to take form. So Very cool. Yeah. Well, until they open up a storefront in Tacoma, we're going to have to uh, keep going to Lucky Dog down there where we pick up uh, Natural Pet Pantry That's right. uh, products. So. For the Beagle. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the Beagle, yeah. for Abby. All right. So, Lori Marie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. And Lori Marie emailed me about Buddy, her about one-year-old mini Australian shepherd who she adopted. Now, tell us about where you got Buddy and what you know about his history. Sure. My husband and I have had dogs in the past, but it's been about 15 years since we've had a dog in our house. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about it for a while, and I just got on and full steam ahead, started looking into um, a rescue. I wanted to do a rescue because I know that there's a lot of dogs out there that just need yeah. a happy home. Yep. So Buddy was a rescue. He's a kennel dog from a kennel in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And the woman who ran the kennel and the breeding operation did not feel that he was breeding quality. So he was going to the pound, and who knew where he was going to go after that. Mm. They just We didn't know. So I just actually caught her. She's like, I'm taking him tomorrow. Mm. I said, well, no, no, no. Let's not do that. I said, let's really consider this. Talked with my husband. He said, yeah, let's do it. So we we met her halfway and uh, picked him up. But he, what I didn't know is he'd never been any place other than a kennel. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know people. And mm-hmm. she kind of told me that as she handed him squirming to me mm-hmm. and he didn't want to get to me and he didn't want to go to her either he was just a shaky shaky little guy and um i wrapped him up in a towel and talked to him like a baby my husband said he's a dog he's not a baby <laughs> but i just wanted him to be comfortable and yeah. so on the two and a half hour ride home uh we made friends yeah he and i mm-hmm. and uh so lots to say about that i'll stay on track but uh you know not impressed in the first place with a breeder who would just give a dog to a shelter who wasn't good for breeding, right? Right. So anyway, um, so now you have him and you got him on Christmas Eve. Yes, we did. So it's been a little over a month. Right. And um, so tell me about what, so so if you're just tuning in, I'm basically doing a private lesson with Lori Marie here on the air live. Um, I met Buddy for the first time just before the show And we didn't talk too much about him. I just kind of, you know, wanted to meet him as an individual and just get a feel for him. And so now I'm just taking you through a normal sort of private lesson, except the dog's not with us right now. So what are, you know, why did you reach out to me? What are some of the behaviors or challenges that you're seeing from him that you'd like to improve or that you'd like help with? Okay, so one of them is that I said he... He bonded with me on the way home in the car mm-hmm. and only with me. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad about that because my husband has always been like the dog man. Mm-hmm. We walk down a strange street on a walk in a strange state. Oftentimes dogs follow him. Yeah. So he 
doesn't understand. My husband, Randy, does not understand why this dog does not love him. Right. And I think it has something to do with his past. Maybe he was hurt by a man or something. Or my husband's big, but he's not, you know, he's not scary or anything. And so I would like to bring Buddy into the family, not just have him be a one-person dog. Because really no one can take him for a walk. No one can... um, you give him food or anything, only me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get everybody in the family involved in that. That's my husband. I have kids that are grown, but a mm-hmm. uh, grandson that spends a lot of time with us. Mm-hmm. So we want to, that was one of the issues. Yep. The other one, which was kind of a biggie, is he really likes my white carpet and he likes to poop on my white carpet. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think he likes it because he's really ashamed when he does it. Mm-hmm. But he, doesn't seem to uh, know how to say, I want out. And I think that's because he was in a kennel situation and he had a door to get out. Mm-hmm. So he just went out. He never went in his kennel or wherever his bed was. He went out into the run. But there's no, I don't have a, I don't have a doggy door on my front door and I'm probably not going to put one in. So I'd like to teach him how to ask okay. to go out. And I've only ever had dogs from puppies. Yeah. So... For whatever reason, I don't remember teaching them. It just kind of—I don't know—it happened, and so I'm out of out of uh, sorts. I don't know what to do. Okay, with that, those are the probably the biggest things. Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you know what exactly what his kennel looked like? That it was a run with an indoor outdoor. That's what I'm told is that it was a run with an indoor outdoor. The inside okay. was heated, and that was where his bed was. He could get out at will. Yeah. And at the end of that run were um, shavings, like wood shavings. Okay. And that's where he did his business. Okay. I have wood shavings in several places in my yard. He will not even walk across them. Okay. <laughs> He's like, had enough of those. Thank you very much. Yeah. He doesn't want to go across them. <laughs> okay. Um, and was he in our kennel with any other dogs or was he just isolated? No, I think there was a lot of other dogs. Was, were they in the same run as he was? No. They were okay. like. Side by Next side by him. side. Yes. Okay. Do you know how he is with other dogs? He's always excited to see them. Okay. He's a little scared in the beginning, but yeah. he does the dog sniff thing. Mm-hmm. And so the dogs we've met on our walks around the neighborhood, he's mm-hmm. not aggressive and he doesn't yelp or run away mm-hmm. either. So I think he's just excited to be able to play. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I took a little, a quick little video of Buddy um, before the show when I met him and I posted it on Instagram and uh, put a link to it on our Twitter account. So if you're on Twitter, you can find it and see Buddy. Um, it's at I am Julie Forbes is the Twitter handle. And um, so you can see a little video of Buddy and see see the little dog that we're talking about here. Okay. The first place to start. Okay. <laughs> so before I get into, since we're at the first break, um, so to recap, we're talking about getting him to g- be comfortable with your husband and others. Yes. Ideally. Um, and also house training. Yes. Um, and then there's o- other stuff that I'll talk about as well, but that those are kind of your two main things. And, um, we're talking about a mini Australian shepherd that Lori Marie and her husband, Randy, just adopted from a, uh, well, it was from a breeder, but he was basically on his way to the pound, and he just basically spent his life in a kennel because he wasn't. She wasn't going to use him for breeding, so right. it was just like, okay, we'll just toss him out. And you fortunately kind of intercepted that, met her halfway, picked him up, and now you have this dog that didn't have the, um, 
you know, benefit of socialization, right? Interaction, exposure to different things. You know, he was had a very very small life that was just within the confines of a kennel for a year. So, so much of that was you know not just the interaction, but just exposure to different sounds and sights and smells and all that all stuff. Um, so in the for the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about what to do at least to start. Um, to kind of get him going and try to work him out of this and get him some confidence and and all that. So we're going to take just a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get back into it with Lori Marie about her mini Australian shepherd buddy. And you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. That's what you told me. You said the dog was here first. Yeah, you said the dog was here first. If you don't like it, you can leave. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice jetcityanimalclinic.com This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, December 7th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check in with the Mollywood Birds of Bellingham, the Macaw Sanctuary Birds Incarnation, and the all-breed equine rescue horses in Marysville. More details on other animal causes, plus, by request, a surprise visit from super popular past guests. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Get current weather, traffic, and news. Visit 1150kknw.com and stay informed with Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. 
If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Lori Marie and uh, about her mini Australian shepherd, Buddy, who's a year old. She and her husband, Randy, adopted him about a month ago, a little over a month ago on Christmas Eve. And he was uh, basically lived in a kennel for a year, his first year of his life, um, a little isolated and certainly not exposed to much. And he was on his way to the shelter because he wasn't good for breeding. And uh, they sort of intercepted that and have had him for a little bit. And uh, she's got some questions now, mostly that he's super just bonded to her and really wants nothing to do with her husband, Mm -hmm. um, who's a big dog guy and is kind of like... What, you know, what gives? <laughs> exactly. And um, and also some house training questions. So the first place to start in, you know, and I'm already present to the fact that I wish we had more time, but we can, you know, I, we can do updates and, you know, maybe follow-ups and stuff. But um, <clears throat> the first place to start because, so when when he was handed to you by the breeder, he didn't really want anything to do with her and he didn't really want anything to do with you because he's not been exposed to people. Right. So, but you, you know, successfully got him in your arms, wrapped him in a towel. He sat in the car with you on your lap. Yeah, I actually put him on the floor because she told me he might be sick. Okay. But, you know, with you with me in between the car. The legs. Yeah. Okay. For a two and a half hour ride or whatever. Yeah. And then you get, and then when you got him home, was he just sort of attached to you? Yes. Okay. So he's, you know, dogs, any dog that's, you know, from a, a, a shelter or, you know, even just switched from situation to situation, but especially from a sort of shelter or rescue situation, they're in survival mode, you know. And he was at not just, sort of, oh, where am I? But he was actively showing fear. Yeah. Kind of like, oh my gosh, I, wah, you know, I don't know people. I'm not comfortable. Certainly very fearful. He's on his own. And then he finds himself in a car with you. You're being very nice and sweet to him the whole ride home, you know, cooing at him. And, I was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, talking sweet to him. And so he was like, okay, she is my survival. So the reason why now I don't know if and there's no there's no way to tell had he sat with your husband and you had driven would he have attached to him or would he still have been more drawn to you because you're a woman and it's really common for dogs especially from rescue situations or who just haven't had much exposure to people where they're just not as comfortable around men men's deeper voices bigger stature you know, yeah. there's it's just very common, but it's so it's hard to say if that's what, what would have happened with him or not. And like I said, we'll never know that. But he's just attached to you and he does not have any need to bond to Randy because you're there. Right. So, OK, well, how do we, you know, kind of facilitate this? And also this will also, you know, so what I'm going to go into is also going to address the house training. The place to start is with training, basic training, Mm -hmm. where he's comfortable, because what we need to do is we need to and we need to get access to his brain, get him thinking, build build his confidence also 
Um, and there's some other things that I'll talk about that will help help that as well. But just basic training. I know you've been working with him a little bit on your own too. Teaching him sit, teaching him weight, teaching him, you know, kind of starting with your basics. That gives you communication with him because now you have these words that he's learned and at least you can communicate to him. Also teaching him good and no and what those two words mean. Those are the two most important words because that's how you're going to identify to him any points in time where, where oh, you made the right choice. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, do that again. Show me that again. That works for you. So all positive. And then you also have ways to correct him if he makes a wrong choice. Like, for example, if you catch him pooping on the rug, you want to communicate to him, no, that behavior is not, you know, acceptable in this house. I don't like that. And that's it. You just tell him no, scoop him up, run him outside, hopefully have him finish outside. And I'll get more into house training, okay. too. But, <laughs> but we need we need communication. Everything is dependent on having communication with him. And dogs aren't verbal, right? Right. So we tend to blah, 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 blah. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, we're so talk, 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 talk. Here we are. This is talk radio, right? And we tend to forget about the fact that dogs are not verbal. It's not their first language. So they can learn hundreds of words on average easy. But that's not their first language. So if we're trying to basically you know, in some ways, look at this as like a rehabilitation of a dog who's, you know, I think in, I think it would be fair to say, you know, not necessarily abused, but traumatized by isolation or by this transition. And we're trying to re- rehabilitate him and basically build him from zero. Um, we need communication. And the training gives you a context to really develop communication with him, not just words, but but get a feel for him, build his confidence, like I said, get that brain engaged, because that is huge as far as grounding dogs, um, not having them be reactive and skittish. You, you okay. By giving him a simple command, sit. Now he's thinking about sit. And if you can get him sitting confidently and getting it so he's like, oh, yeah, I know that. Hey, I know this. hey, I know this, you know, it, it builds confidence in a way because the the world is predictable to him. OK. And then when he does sit for you, of course, you'll be working with him in a way. And I just talked about this this past weekend. I gave a talk at the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound about motivation. We always want the dogs feeling good about the work that they do, of course. Right. But when you when he does things for you, because we need this dog we need to build his confidence in a very constructive way, not in a naughty way, but in a very constructive way. Oh, buddy, you are a genius. Good sit. Isn't that the most amazing thing you've seen all day? That's what you want him okay. to feel when he sits for you. Build him up. Okay. <gasps> oh, good sit. So he's not much on treats. So is it okay just to to ruffle his fur and give him a pat on the head and tell him how good he is? Yes. Okay, good. And it's a good question because I think people undervalue their the relationship. And this is a part of what I talked about this past weekend about in when I gave my talk about motivation is that I mean treats are fine to use for normal dogs and it's a really easy way to identify when they've made a right choice but we shouldn't be reliant on the treats and it shouldn't be the primary motivation and what if you have a dog who's not crazy about treats 
he wouldn't take a treat from me. He so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he doesn't just really generally like, you know, he's not just crazy about treats anyway. So we don't have that really as an option. And that's OK. So you have a relationship with him. He's attached to you. So you let him know with all of your energy. Oh, but good sit. Not just good sit, but like lay it on thick. OK. You want to be careful about getting too excited, though. You said Ruffle is so more calm. So thick but calm. Okay. If you get too excited, you know, yeah. that can kind of make him break and then he's not in the position anymore. So that can work against you in training. Um, so that's that's the place to start is to, you know, we've, we're looking at this, you know, because we need that foundation laid. Because then that brings us to how do we get him bonding to your husband? And that's how that's the in is going to be through the work, is going to be getting them working together. So getting Buddy getting Buddy in a context where he's confident and then transferring that to your husband or to where you and your husband are maybe working both with him or, you know, easing sort of easing him over and getting used to interacting with your husband. But but he you can't you know, he's not gonna be bought off with food. Right. Even if he was food motivated it wouldn't buy him off with food. And this is an important thing for people to understand. If a dog is fearful, you can't buy them off with food. If there was a, if you're walking along the street, you know, in your town center or in Seattle, and there's someone that's just really creeping you out, dark, just dark darkness about that person. And you're just like, ooh, and they come over to you and they're like, hey, you know, here's, do you want this money? Here's 20 bucks. Right. I would say no thanks. You'd be like, I'm all set. I I am not comfortable around you. Or maybe you're comfortable enough to grab the money and then run away. <laughs> Which? <laughs> so, you know, so the, I think it's like you, they're not, you know, fear, especially for at his level. They're not just like, oh, we're fine now. You know, he's got everything in him telling him this is dangerous to me and just giving him a treat. If anything, so even if he took the treat, which he doesn't, but let's say he was a dog that was food motivated, goes up, takes a treat, backs up, goes up, takes a treat, backs up, goes up, takes a treat, backs up. This can actually work against you because then what you're doing is you're teaching him to approach in the presence of fear. And what you can actually do is create aggression. Yeah, we don't want that. Because if a dog is afraid, we would much rather have them choose to move away from what they're afraid of than use aggression as a response to the fear. Right. Okay. So we need to be smarter about, you know, un, you know, understanding dogs are complex animals with emotions just like us. They're not people, they are dogs. Um and there are certain differences and I'm going to talk about some of those for sure in this conversation that are very important to understand. But um you know, we need to kind of come in 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 a way that's more constructive. So like I said, building his confidence, engaging his brain. This is the work that, that you're going to need to do with him first. And then we're going to bring your husband in on it. And we just need to ask your husband to just be patient and not take it personally. And I think it's even harder because this is a guy that's used to, like you said, he's walking through. He's like the you Pied know, Piper of dogs. Right. So he's used to like, dogs love me. I'm such a dog guy and I've got good energy and 
you know, all that stuff. And here's this dog who doesn't want anything to do with him and he's even afraid of him. And it's just it's frustrating and it's, you know, but it's not personal. It doesn't have anything to do with him. It's all he the didn't, dog. He didn't want anything to do with me either. And look, look what I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I know it's not about me. This is a dog that was isolated for the first year of his life and was afraid of all people at first, was even afraid of you at first, but has attached to you for survival and that you're a nice person. Uh, yeah. So, um, so let's, you know, Randy, hopefully you're listening or will listen, hang in there and just be patient and try to just, you know, let Buddy feel that however he is, is okay with you. And then we'll work on that once this sort of groundwork foundation is laid, giving him some confidence. There's other things that you can do too. Um, like nose work is great. So um, what is nose work? Because I heard a lot about that. So I'm just, because of time today, look up my interviews with Miriam Rose. Okay. Um, who is a professional scent detection trainer and handler and the woman who brought the sport to the state. Okay. And you can f- learn all about nose work from her, um, my interview with her. I've had her on a couple times. Okay. And... Um, and it's a great, great way to build confidence in a dog, especially like Buddy, because he all he is, he, you're, you're, it enables you to tap into something so like fundamental to him as a dog is the search. So if we can bring that out of him, that seeking out of him, that searching with his nose and tap into that um, through something like nose work, it's awesome for confidence. It would be a great thing for your husband to do with them. Okay. So check out the art in the archives. You can find them on dogradioshow.com or on iTunes. Nose work, my interviews with Miriam Rose. Excellent. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more about Buddy, the one year old rescue mini Australian shepherd, and his owner, Lori Marie. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Are you suffering from SCS, or slow computer syndrome? Well, tune in Saturdays from noon to one for Tech Talk with Craig. I'm Craig Walker, lead technician and owner of Coho Computer. We'll take your calls, answer your questions, keep you up to date with the latest in high-tech news, and feature special guests. Tech Talk with Craig, Saturdays noon to one, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, 
thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com Talk radio with a difference. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And if you are just tuning in, we are talking with Lori Marie about her one-year-old rescue mini Australian shepherd named Buddy. Uh, Lori Marie emailed me and... Um, asked me, you know, about, she said, I've got this dog and he's, you know, basically lived in a kennel pretty much by himself. There were dogs around him, but he was, you know, very much so isolated for the first year of his life. And he's very fearful and, you know, we're having some challenges with him. And I thought, um, gosh, this would be a great thing to do on the show to help give this information to other people. You know, like you said, there's so many dogs in rescue and a lot of people who fortunately, you know, open up their homes to dogs that need homes who have come from hard places. But they they oftentimes come with challenges. And so we don't want them to end up back in a shelter. Right. So in this uh, last segment, we talked about um, a, fa- a foundation. So your two questions that you said, you know, he's attached to you, but he doesn't want anything to do with really anybody else and most importantly, your husband, mm-hmm. which is not not working for your family. You know, you want him to be a family dog and, and be comfortable with everybody. And then also we're talking about house training. So if you've missed any part of this, you can find them in our archives, dogradioshow.com or on iTunes as a free audio podcast. Um, so I talked about building a foundation, starting with just basic training. Um, sit, you know, wait basics because what that does is engages his brain makes him think when a dog is thinking they're not reacting it's a way to build confidence um we talked about the proper use of food now buddy is not very food motivated at all no um and you guys live in normandy park and you heard us talking about the natural pet pantry one of their stores in burian we will be going yeah which is awesome so because you know in looking at this kind of situation so i was very clear we talked about in this first segment basic training is one of the biggest places to start for him we also mentioned nose work mm-hmm. um as a great way to build confidence and and um, also strengthen the relationship. And I said that that would be something wonderful to do with your husband. And then you said, how do I find out about nose work? And I said, in the interest of time, just look up the archives of my interviews with Miriam Rose, who is a certified nose work instructor and professional scent detection trainer. Excellent interviews with her. Very interesting. Talking about not only nose work, but the dog's incredible sense of smell. A couple interviews there in the archives. So... House training. So we're going to have to put your Randy. We just asked him to be patient. There's some work to do. And then and then that can be addressed more specifically. But we need some tools. Okay. House training. 
This was a dog that was in a kennel, indoor-outdoor run kind of thing. Um, There was like wood shavings at the end of the outdoor run where he went potty on. This is what you're told. Right. Um, You said, so one of my things, I thought, oh, wood shavings, you know, put some wood shavings out back. And he'll just think, oh, this is where I go potty. He won't even walk on them. He doesn't want to go there. No. No. (laughs) So, okay, well, that's not going to work. Now, how many, does he go potty outside? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, it's generally in the beginning it was only on the leash because he ran away Christmas Day. I don't know if I told you yes, that, you but did. yeah. So it was on the leash, and which I think is uncomfortable for him, mm-hmm. right? He wanted a little privacy. Mm-hmm. But since then, um, he's now off the leash, but he wants me to go outside with him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to go outside by himself. Mm-hmm. So I go outside with him, and I stand and I wait, and he does his business. But we have not been able to get the, you know, the poop. It's and I have white carpet. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> Do you? Um, does he poop outside? He does. Okay. If the mood strikes him when we're outside, but sometimes he'll go potty outside, and mm-hmm. then he's he looks at me like, "Okay, I'm done." He just sits there, and I'll go back in the house, and I'll turn around, and he's on my carpet. Yeah. So right after you've come back in. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things, I mean, house training is. I have a handout about this that I'll email to you. Okay. Um. Your working on the basic training will help your house training efforts because it's it's it's, uh, you know, working his brain. I cannot speak enough about the importance of engaging the brain. It's where it's at. Thought process, thought process, thought process. He has never had he has never had to think really much at all in his very small world. So his brain isn't developed in that way. And the good news is, is that it can be. It just takes work and training and all that stuff. So your efforts and training and and sort of increasing those different pathways and um, uh, exercising his brain to think and 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 communicate and all that will help your house training efforts. It will help him to make connections elsewhere in life. Okay. Because house training is education. He, you're trying to communicate. Again, there's that word communication. It's everything. If you don't have communication, you can't educate. So it's building that communication and what you're trying to educate him about are sort of the rules of the house of, listen, buddy, you don't go potty inside, you go potty outside, but you can't say, buddy, don't go potty inside, go potty outside because dogs aren't verbal. So how do dogs learn? They learn through experiencing. They're so in the moment. So it has to be with something that's a little bit abstract, like house training. It has to be um, a, a number of experiences that all add up over time to mean you go potty outside, not inside. So, and this might take you, you know, a month, two months, six months to potty train him. Every dog is different. Some dogs get it very quickly. Other dogs, even just as puppies, you know, you get them as an eight-week-old puppy. Some dogs even take into um, into adolescence to house train, and other dogs are house trained by three months. So very individual thing. Um, but it's the it's like I said, it's the experiences that all add up to sort of show this is what I'm talking about. You you're you you have a history in theater, right? Yes. So, you know, you're sort of seeing this play out over time and you're getting a sense if it was a silent theater, 
you'd kind of get a feel for, okay, this is this is what's the story, this is what happened and all that kind of stuff. So you're wanting it all to add up. So that means, first of all, the first rule of house training is prevention. Prevent him from having the accidents in the first place. Get him in the habit of going outside as much as possible. Like every couple of hours? That's it doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking him out every, you know, 10 minutes or half hour or hour or two hours because we want him to also learn how to hold his potty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to train. We don't want him expecting to relieve himself too frequently also. But um, so ways that you can prevent um, having him on leash with you in the house. Oh, Okay. You know, loop him to your belt and he's just around with you or he's around with your husband or, you know, I mean, kind of feel that one out and see. Just have your husband ignore him, but just have him be with him. Okay. So he's not putting pressure on interaction, but he's just getting used to being with him. And maybe he's just like, hey, we're going over here. Hey, we're going over here. But he's not trying to touch him or anything. Okay. Um. You could try that for a couple of weeks and just see if he if you notice that he gets more comfortable. Um. So you're preventing the accident from happening by managing the environment, not by taking him out all the time. Okay. Because like you said, sometimes you take him out and he doesn't go and then he comes back in and he goes, you know, and people say that all the time. Uh And it's like, what are you doing? I just took you outside. So we need to prevent him from having the accident. He's not going to, he's not likely to poop if he's on leash with you inside. If you need to, you know, he's good in a kennel. So if, if there's a time where you can't watch him or you know okay, he hasn't pooped. I know it's in there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not going to set him up for failure by just letting him run free because it only takes, you know, what, 30 seconds of being out of your sight at the most. So you structure your environment so that if you can't watch him, if you can't be watching him literally constantly, then he's managed by either being on leash with you or he's in his kennel or he's in a In an area like some dogs, like, you know, if he were sort of gated off in the kitchen, like there's no way he's going to go in the kitchen. It's always off in the dining room. It's only on the white carpet. Yeah, only on the white (laughs) carpet. So you you basically restrict his access to whatever degree is necessary for him as an individual so that he's kind of like, oh, I have to poop, but mm, there's not really anywhere that I want to poop here or I'm on leash and I can't. And then you go outside and now he has the opportunity to go. He goes, you praise him, good potty. Oh, good. So okay. praise him specifically for pottying. Mm-hmm. I say potty, um, whatever you want to say. It yeah. doesn't matter. But you don't want to just say good boy. So good potty. Oh, I'm so that's how, good boy. Okay. So I'm that's how it. he's going to acquire the words. Okay. So when he sits, you tell him good sit. When he comes to you, you say good come. When he potties outside, good potty. When he's in his crate, good crate. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't like going in his crate, but he will go. Mm-hmm. So work on getting work on him liking the crate more. Yeah. Positive association, however you can do that. And if all that means is is you, you know, he goes in the crate and you just tell him how amazing he is. That oh, aren't you so amazing? Good crate, good crate. Um, now he does eat his meals, so you could feed him in his crate. He's not super treat motivated, but you could try to find stuff. I'm telling you that natural pet pantry cooked stew is good, good stuff. stuff. So I have to label it so my husband doesn't think yeah, it's leftovers. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if, if he did eat it, it would be okay too, which is a natural. good thing about that, right? 
But, um, you know, frozen Kongs, the other thing that I love to do with that food is to get, you know what a Kong is? Yeah, it, it's a rubber thing with a Looks like a beehive. It. We didn't have those when we bred dogs years and years ago, like yeah. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I love the, the Kongs. They have all these different sizes. You could just kind of get like a medium one and stuff it with natural pet pantry food that's thawed and then put the Kong in the freezer and it freezes in there. And then it's something that you can give him. Either he can eat a meal that way or it's just a way to do the, you know, positive association to the crate. Never use the crate as punishment. Okay. One, dogs do not experience correction in that way. So this whole notion of put the dog in a timeout because they were bad just doesn't work in the first place. And I can't tell you how many people told me that they were told that by other professionals. Okay. Yeah. Dogs are in the moment. So you just, you address, if there's a wrong choice, you just address it in the moment and then that's it. It's over. Um, so this whole like, you're in the timeout and think about what you did. It doesn't just, work. No. No. Okay. And I don't want them viewing the crate as a punishment. No. Well, he sleeps in his crate. Mm-hmm. Um, the crate is next to the bed in the bedroom because he really was upset when we, I had him in the laundry room, but you know what? He wasn't, he wanted to be around people. Yeah. And he just is very quiet and he goes, he doesn't like to, but he goes in, he sleeps all night. Yep. And that was a good move. You know, I think it's, it's, it's kind of brutal to isolate a dog, you know, sleep by yourself. You know, they want it, they're pack animals. I mean, that was not my intention when I got him. I wanted him to be with us, not on the bed. Right. But in the room where we are and be a companion. Yeah. Okay, time for a break and we'll be back with our last segment talking about Buddy, the rescue mini Australian Shepherd. He's a year old and Lori Marie and her husband Randy got him about um, a month and a week ago. It was uh, Christmas Eve and he basically, he spent the first year of his life kind of isolated in a kennel and so there's challenges as a result of that. So uh, if you've missed any part of this show or any of our over 250 episodes, you can find them archived on dogradioshow.com. Also on iTunes as a free podcast and don't forget to like us on Facebook the Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and you can find me on Twitter at I am Julie Forbes. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, Dog Show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray pure air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for pure air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit dogradioshow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Don't touch that dial. You might miss something life-changing. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Go, buddy, go, buddy, you can do it, buddy. We're talking about Buddy, the mini Australian shepherd who's one year old. His uh, One of his owners, Lori Marie, is here with me today in the booth. Um, We're basically just kind of doing a little private lesson here live on air talking about their challenges with Buddy after having him a little over a month. He was isolated in a kennel 
did not have exposure really to people. Um, there were other dogs near him, but he did not also have opportunity to at least have companionship in that way. So, like I said, you know, I mean, my usually when I do an initial session with with a client, which is what I do full time in Seattle and on the east side, you know, Seattle area and mm-hmm. have been for over 10 years now. Um, my first session with new clients is usually an hour and a half because there's usually just so much to cover and questions to ask. And so this show is is much shorter than that. It's not even an hour with breaks and then the announcements that I had. So. There is so much more that I wish, you know, I wish we had actually another hour and then I could really get into everything. But I just want to get to some other things as well, because it's important. You know, we talked about. So your two main questions were, you know, getting him comfortable with people other than you, um, especially your husband and um, and then house training. So we talked about your first question in the second segment, house training in the last segment if you missed any part of this, dogradioshow.com. Just go to the podcast page and all of our shows will come up and you can search them by year. Um, and also this year, the most recent episode will be at the top or you can go to iTunes and download for free there too. Um, so we, we addressed kind of some specifics there. I want to talk about just some other things okay. that are important for adjustment because I, I look at animals, you know, well, dogs. I look at dogs, but I think this applies to animals in general. I think being happy is a powerful thing for in anybody. Humans and dogs. And, Quality yeah. of life. So mm-hmm. what can we do to just have them feel good emotionally, physically? Mm-hmm. For his, uh, you know, given his situation and and his skittishness and, you know, um, he sees something that's new and, you know, he just kind of like wants to move away from it. It's a a reactive thing when it totally makes sense, given his his history. You mentioned flea medication. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give him flea medication. Oh, can we? Is there a natural something we can do? Okay. you can. Flea busters guarantees no fleas for a year. You treat your house non-toxic, not the animal. Do you have area rugs or wall-to-wall carpeting anywhere? Just the wall-to-wall carpeting, the white stuff that's going to go as soon as he's trained. Okay. <laughs> well, any any carpeting or area rugs that you have, they'll come in, treat your house with this non-toxic form of salt. They brush it in very vigorously. Oh. It creates a static charge so that you can vacuum over it. It's not going to vac- tre- vacuum up the treatment dehydrates the environment so that fleas can't live in it. If you want to learn more about fleas, um, you can look up my interview with Flea Busters. And on February 19th, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Michael Fox, one of my all-time favorite guests. I've had him on the show several times now, and we're actually going to be talking about flea medication. I am seeing now over and over and over again a link between Agitated, agitated behavior, anxiety, and fear, and flea medication. And Whoa. if you look up how it works, it attacks the central nervous system of insects, and it cause, causes, quote, hyperexcitation. And, and mammals are not immune to it. So while we're treating the flea, in essence, we're treating the dog, too. I mean, it, the dog is getting the yes. same yep. attack. Well, so to speak. Yeah. So, so what I understand of, and there's different drugs out there, but that the, the, the chemical prefers the receptor sites in the nervous system of insects, but the keyword is prefer. Mm-hmm. 
So we're not immune to it. Okay. And I'm seeing this. And if we were so immune to it, then why would the, the labels tell us, don't touch it. If you come in contact, wash your hands. One of them says, trifexis says, will cause miscarriage in pregnant women. Awesome. Right. Oh, okay. but it's fine to put it on the animal. Okay. So, well, no, that will no be the last. That, right? The last. Uh, we got. Yeah, we got it from a vet. Yep. But well, that's the last time I'll do it. That's the relationship yeah. between pharmaceutical companies and vet schools. Okay. It's just like human medicine in that way. Okay. So, no more flea medication. It's not good for them, and you don't need to do it to control fleas. So, you can do flea busters. They guarantee no fleas for a year, and you don't have to do anything to him. Awesome. Food. You guys are going to Natural Pet Pantry. Mm-hmm. Good nutrition. And and having that he loves his food. I mean, how how one of my favorite things to do is to go out to a nice dinner and have delicious food. It's I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So, you know, rather than these dried brown pellets with who knows what in them processed like crazy, giving him some food that tastes good and that yeah. really actually nourishes his body. So that's covered. Um, other types of professionals, I would recommend having him see Dr. Nell's. Dr. Nels Rasmussen, who I've also interviewed on the show, if you want to learn more about him. He's a chiropractor, but he does, um, he's not, he's not going to like do physical manipulation. He does sort of like energetic stuff. Okay. Amazing. I mean, he's, he has cured paralyzed dogs. Oh my gosh. And it's also great for nervous, anxiety, fear, clearing trauma. Excellent. So Dr. Nels, I would recommend if he were my dog, I'd be seeing Dr. Nels. I'd be getting him on, you know, raw or cooked food from Natural Pet Pantry, no flea medication, um, exercise, nose work, training. So taking care of him mentally and emotionally as well. And I want to make sure because we're starting to get close to the end of the show. Huge, important, because you are a very sweet, nurturing woman. Do not comfort him. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Mm. You're okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I've been messing with a dog. Yeah. Well, you certainly obviously did not cause this in him, but it will only reinforce the fear. Okay. Because if you were to take a video of yourself comforting him in an effort to make him feel more comfortable. Yeah. If you took a video of yourself doing that and then you watched it back muted, what does it look exactly like? It praise. Yeah. So you're reinforcing that, that state behavior. of being. Yeah. And if he's fearful, we don't want to praise him for being fearful and just reinforce the behavior. We want to provide him comfort. But as a dog, how you provide him comfort is engaging his brain, building his confidence with training and work, and giving him direction in a way that he feels good in the, in the environment where he's nervous. Great. If this, if you, if people could have seen my, the light go on in my eyes, they would have went, oh, oh yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's it be, good. because if he were a human child, I mean, you're a mom, you know, if a child gets spooked by something, you wrap your arms around them, you kiss them on the cheek, and you tell them that they're okay and they feel better, and then they go off and play, and they yeah. and it works, and yeah. that's just one of the biggest disconnects between people and dogs. Dogs just don't get that; they don't comfort each other. Okay. And there's other ways to provide comfort. So okay. so we'll have to, you know, keep in touch. And yes. if you need any, you know, in-home help, let me know. For sure. 
Um, but, you know, we'll we'll circle back around and kind of check in on Buddy in a couple months, maybe three months. Yeah. Kind of depending Sounds on how great. he's doing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was great. I hope this was helpful for people who are in a similar situation. Thank you. And for the opportunity. Yeah. we'll, uh, you know, I'll look forward to hear how his progress is. Um, so that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Don't forget to find us on our website, dogradioshow.com, iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. I am Julie Forbes. We'll see you next week, live Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m.